0: In 1976, Dr. Rainer Forst had an idea. Looking at the earliest driving simulators by Volkswagen and BP, huge in scale and complexity, he decided that he wanted to scale one down, make it cheap, make it small, make it viable. And to do that, he decided that he was going to use the technology he found inside, what else, but a Pong video game machine. He bought one, he tore it down, and the resulting arcade game was designed just like Pong and that had no CPU and used 28 separate circuit boards to achieve its end. And that end was indeed a viable driving simulator. What Dr. Reiner Force would come up with in 1976 was an arcade game called Nurburgring One. And it is recognized as the world's earliest first-person racing video game and is the inspiration for many, many driving games after it. Today, we're going to be taking a look at Nurburgring 1, as well as a history of racing games as we go through the 70s and through the 80s. Join us as we take a a high-speed, closed-circuit trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 32nd episode of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, a trip down memory card lane. Each week, we normally take one release from the current week in gaming history. We talk about it. We try to teach you something new about it, something new about the that it took from the world, or something new about the world around it. Some weeks, though, admittedly, there's just not many cool releases to talk about. We try to do something different, and this is one of those weeks. I won't we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I'd like to introduce my co-host, who fancies himself the raddest of all the racers. My younger brother, Rob Casson. Rob, tell me that you own at least one pair
1: of cool driving gloves. Well... I mostly use them as riding gloves when I was driving more motorcycles, but I'd say they're pretty cool. I definitely have worn them once or twice while driving.
0: How many pairs do you own? Let's be honest, you've got one for like every day of the week, don't you? I
1: mean, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) You'll never know. You can't take it out of me. I plead the fifth. Uh, You plead the fifth. You plead the
0: fifth. Man, how's it going? How are you? I am
1: good. How about yourself?
0: I'm good. It's been, it's been good. The weather's been great around here. I haven't wanted to be inside. I, uh, I, I, it's spring here. We get spring for a couple weeks a year before it just gets humid and summery here in the swamp. But I'm gonna enjoy it while I can.
1: That's for sure. Absolutely. What you, what, uh, what you been playing this week? Uh, I haven't. I've been playing a lot of Apex lately with uh, some friends from college. That getting uh, good? I am getting much better. I've actually got a few wins under my belt, so uh, that's been interesting. And then, uh, you know, obviously the good old RuneScape has been pretty high on the tier list. And as of last night, I got a few hours of Civilization Six in. Ooh, I don't have we played six. I don't think we played. I six. do not. We have not. We did not play since five.
0: Hmm. Blame. I know. I know. Well, we are here this week, and I, you know, I, I picked a specific title. You know, we talked about it, Nurbering 1. And really, how this one came about, Nürburgring 1 is one of the early racing games, and, you know, last week's episode, we had done early video game history, and we had talked about some of the earliest arcade games. The first one being Computer Space. And then that company went on to become Atari and make uh, Pong cabinets. Do you remember how we talked about? We talked about Pong cabinets for a moment. No, I, nope, can't say I do. That was a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> All right. Well, you, when I was doing my research for it, it kind of got me thinking because right after Pong came uh, Atari's second ar- arcade title, and their second arcade title is a relatively unknown game, completely unknown. I mean, I, I honestly, I didn't remember it outside of doing my research for this, but it's really fascinating because their second title is one of the earliest racing. It, it's not the earliest. It is the first racing arcade game. And that got me thinking about racing games. And and that got me down the rabbit hole of of early racing games, video game history of racing games. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, yeah, bloody you Yeah, I know, right? I I know, I know. I'm just kind of spitballing. So look, so I really, and I don't play him as much anymore, admittedly, but when I was young, I really enjoyed racing games, like really enjoyed racing games. I remember for one birthday, I couldn't tell you, 93, 92, 94, somewhere in there, you know, the way mom and dad did birthdays for a while is is we had a budget. They would go, OK, you have 50 bucks. What do you want? And I remember being so excited to get the money. And I got NASCAR, the very first NASCAR PC game. And our computer couldn't even really run it. Like I had to run it with like reduced graphics and everything. But once I got it to work, it was like the coolest thing in the it, it was so cool. It was so cool. And that kind of got me thinking, right? I believe that racing games have helped push a lot of technology. In as video games, like as the technology and the hardware and everything has kind of progressed. Right. Right. Because, I mean, like we got to racing games and they pushed simulations, right? NASCAR, for instance, is a simulation. And I remember... The first game I remember having, excuse me, photorealistic, like literally photorealistic graphics was Gran Turismo, which was a racing game. And as we look at uh, as we look at a lot of the games in classic racing video game history, we find a lot of games that were that were, you know, the, the first game to feature background music, the first game to allow scrolling. The first game to be, you know, sprite scaling like a lot of the first and early video game history were, were racing games. And and so, like I said, my argument is that racing games, I don't think a lot of them get the credit they deserve because I do believe that they've helped push. They've helped push video games technologically. I, they, that period. They've helped push video games technologically. <laughs> that's my that's my thing, Rob. What do you got? Uh um. But uh, yeah, I
1: have to agree with you.
0: What games? What, what? I mean, I know my my racing history, obviously, there's over a decade between us. So my my video game racing history is going to go a little bit far back for you. But what what do you remember, like as a child racing games that you just got a big kick out of it and like to play?
1: Well, I know early on, I definitely did enjoy the NASCARs. I want to say it was probably NASCAR 2000 uh continued playing through the nascar series for a few years um i remember midnight club dub edition was one of the early games that i got into and then oh, obviously yeah. like the classic need for speeds you know uh like underground underground Two. Uh, you were and
0: then... you you got into racing games in the tokyo drift era
1: yeah that was about that that era <laughs>
0: I love those games. They were they were different. They had attitude. I mean, that that culture is that that street racing, illegal street racing, fast and furious culture is a culture all unto itself. You know, you are 100 percent correct on that. Yeah, those were those were a lot of really great games uh, in there. Um, Yeah, they were a lot of really great games in there.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I do remember playing Gran Turismo, too, although I definitely not computer or even the NASCAR for the computer I I got started at least on the PlayStation 1 that's where I remember all of my racing games to have started I think
0: the first heat wasn't the first NASCAR heat a big one
1: it was yes
0: I remember on Xbox there was this game uh, NASCAR Dirt at Daytona that I really liked because it was l- like it was the earliest one I can remember having the career mode where you would literally start out racing in dirt tracks
1: the sprint cars and the, sprint yeah. cars
0: yep and work your way through it. Yeah, I yeah.
1: remember that one very well too. I uh was very good on the dirt and then once I got onto the asphalt I was getting whooped for a while. <laughs> I you know, I drifting that you're right. I got in the Tokyo Drift era. Drift racing was just a lot more understandable to me at the time. I didn't understand tight, you know, banking turns and everything. I just go into a turn really fast, slide it through and hit the gas on the way out
0: and then i remember too, the the video game driver which isn't a racing game per se it's more like a grand theft auto game but it, it pre, like it predated gta3 if i'm not mistaken and it was like it was realistic like you had actual traffic and and you i just remember my mind being blown by the fact that the car had turn signals and there were red lights and green lights, and all the cars in the city would follow actual traffic. Like the fact that I was driving through a, a real, living, breathing city was absolutely mind blowing.
1: And I you and, and, and your time following traffic signals too, didn't you?
0: <laughs>
1: no, I hated it.
0: But it, like I said, I just there's so many moments that I just remember of 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 technological leaps, and and racing games were. Racing games were were at the forefront of it. So a lot of our favorite memories obviously are, are gonna are gonna be later on, you know, because today I wanna I wanna I wanna I want to jump on and continue our conversation from last week in early video game history. I really like talking about this stuff because these are a lot of games that people don't remember, don't have a reason to talk about, and otherwise would be largely forgotten about so of course you know that's some of my favorite stuff
1: and I'm here to help
0: yes you are and so I want to go right back to Pong because Pong was uh, the company that we know as as, as Atari's second game their first game being computer space you know before they were Atari they became Atari with the with Pong and Pong was for all purposes like the the cabinet right pong pong was their breakout select, uh breakout success as their first game is atari their second game is a game called space race okay so pong came out in 1972 uh space race would come out in 1973 and it was really simple you know you had two players that would control a rocket ship and they the goal was being the first that could move their ship from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen. And along the way, you know, are asteroids and, and mostly asteroids, you know, asteroids that would, people would have to have to avoid, you know, and Space Race has the distinction of being the first racing arcade video game. Now, historically, there's a few racing games that were a little earlier, um, the the first video game system the magnavox odyssey home system you know it had been it had come out prior to these arcades and there were a few racing games for the magnavox odyssey that had been released in the se- about 72 so between those and this you have your earliest video game racing games the uh the magnavox odyssey racing games one was this one, and I can't remember it. I can only picture it for right now where you would literally just it, it was like a, a, a plastic thing printed on the screen and you really didn't have a car. You had a, a a white square that would light up this this pre-printed plastic and it basically it looked like a white line on your like a, a slot slot car type deal. You just had a white line, which was your car and you would just try to trace your your white line you know, across this track to see who was first. They weren't by any means technologically uh, superior or anything. They were just real basic racing games. And then we got Astro Race, which kind of looks like, you know, the ship from asteroids trying to race from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen. Very simple. So Space Race, Space Race. Sorry. Did I say Astro Race? You did. Okay, so Astro Race was a clone of it made by Things Taito, the other arcade company in 73. I'll put this into perspective. Space Race was not commercially successful. It, you know, it it was Atari's second game and it was it was the first after Pong. Pong was technically the fourth arcade video game ever produced. Space Race was the 14th and in between them were pretty much all Pong clones. Between the fourth and the, the between this one. Yeah. Nine, nine out of the 10 were Pong clones. So early, the early arcade market was literally someone would make a really popular game. And then other people would just kind of jump on it and, and, and take it away because this was really before they started, you know, patenting and, and having copyright protection and all this kind of stuff. Uh these weren't taken seriously enough to be part of that, and all that would come would come later. So yes, there is an astro race, but we're talking about space race. Space race is estimated to only have sold like fifteen hundred units. It wasn't. It wasn't popular.
1: But yeah, I, I guess not. Not a lot of <laughs> units. I've never heard of the game. So how popular could it have been?
0: I, I mean, I know that's the thing with talking about this early history is that is that there there really isn't, you know. A year later, in 1974, uh, Atari would release a game called Grand Track 10. Grand Track 10 is a single-player racing video game in which a player drives a race car along a racetrack. Pretty simple. Uh, this would be more like a traditional uh, racing game. Um, it would be over an overhead view, and you would move your car. And this cabinet actually would have a, a steering wheel and accelerator and brake pedals and a gear stick like a real car the gear shifting, you you shift between reverse second and third gear. So this this game that came out a year later is way more... It's its its what we actually think of a racing game. I mean, at, don't get me wrong. Space Race is a racing game when you're racing ships. But this one's a car racing game called Grand Track 10. There would actually be other ones of these, if I'm not mistaken. Grand Track 20, which was a two-player version. Uh, I don't know if there were others. I'm I'm just kind of thinking right now, but... Uh, Grand well, Track... you
1: have to imagine there's at least Grand Track 1 through 9, and then if there's 20, then there has to be an 11 through 19 oh floating God. around somewhere. Come on. <laughs> That's how numbers work, Dave. Oh, you'd think so, but there was just 10 and a
0: two-player version named 20, and this was... Grand Track 10 has the distinction of being the first arcade car racing game oh and the racing game i was thinking about in the odyssey was called wipeout that's that's what i couldn't think about was the title wipeout.
1: of the good old wipeout
0: good old wipeout very simple racing game where you just kind of trace the light along a slot a slot thing so you had wipeout in 72 space race in 73 and grand track 10 and 74 and that rounds up your earliest racing video games hell yeah buddy the next jump Really, would have been in seventy six, and it's the title that kind of inspired the inspired this episode because I had never heard about it until I was doing my research on on this stuff, and that's Nbering one. So Ning one, Ning being Rob, what's Nering
1: again? What is Nbering? Are you asking me because you don't know, Dave? Maybe I'm giving you a chance to talk, oh man. Uh, see I don't believe that I think that you really don't know what it is
0: Do you know that Gran Turismo Had Nerbering on it God I oh. couldn't get a crown that around those tracks For the life it was it Gran Turismo Maybe it was the first one One of those games had it and it took It takes what
1: like 30 some minutes to get it One lap around that track Uh I, I I don't know if I remember Gran Turismo with that what do you know? Um, what do
0: you what do you know about Nurbering?
1: So Nürburging is located in Nürburg, in Rheinland Fels, Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, apologize. I I do have some German speaking, so I try to get these pronunciations correct. And I'm sorry if I'm getting them wrong. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me, Frau. Mm-hmm. Line in Frau. Richter. Um, anywho, it is a Grand Prix racetrack that was built in 1984. And there is a much longer Nordschleife, or North Loop, track, which was built in the 1920s around the medieval castle of Nureburg in the Eiffel Mountains. The North Loop is about 12.9 miles, and for those not using the American, the standard... what What is it called? Standard for those what? using the metric system, uh... that is 20.8 kilometers. It has 300 meters of elevation changes from its lowest to highest points. Why Nurbering is something that's so special, they had to have a whole game named after it, is it's it's one of those tracks that's kind of the track. So a lot of vehicles, when you hear the times around, it's it's scored the best time and how it did, a lot of that is done in Nürburgring. It's a very prestigious track. Uh, among the race community, it's one of, if not the most prestigious tracks it's very skillful you can get very fast times and you know for good drivers it's an amazing thing
0: yeah yep so nürburg over there in germany so this game is the very first first person racing game that's what that's what makes it unique and it's virtually unknown game and it was made by a German engineer, Dr. Reiner For- Forst, back in 1976. Dr. Forst had no interest in video games whatsoever. That, that, was not, that was not at all what he wanted to do. His intention was to make a driving simulator. You know, over there, he he's noted as looking at BP and Volkswagen, who had driving simulators. BP had a projection-based one. Volkswagen had an a oscilloscope-based one. You know, but these were complex and expensive, and it, he couldn't see any viable way to to turn these and scale them down into something. And, and and a game is one thing, but it was a game that was a simulator was the goal, right? He in seventy three he stumbled across a pong machine and he bought one. He tore it apart, and with it he started designing his own TV screen based driving simulator based in the video game technology he found in Pong. So I want to go back to that for a second, because one of the things that we talked about when we talked about video games last week is is where these first arcade games came from. Because early, like the very first Galaxy game title, you, you know, they were mini computers that were prohibitively expensive, and it wasn't until Atari with computer space found a way to turn not... They made specified boards for the games, right? Are we, are we, are we following this?
1: Absolutely.
0: Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you help me stop stumbling on my words?
1: (laughs) No, I, I, I I really don't. I'm reading more on the, the Nordschleife. Apparently it's open for the public access. Like. It I is can drive on. I had no idea. I didn't realize that. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's videos all the time of people crashing. There's people crashing. Like you have to sign waivers and everything. There's idiots all the time who wreck their cars thinking that they're something that they're not when they race on it. Nice cars too. Anyway, what they found is when they made discrete dedicated circuits for the game, they turn. Last week we talked about it. A sixty-five thousand dollar arcade cabinet into a thousand dollar arcade cabinet. Right. Right. And so Force got the same idea. He wanted to use dedicated circuits for the game, except he had to use a lot to make this simulator. Instead of the one that like Pong and these early computer games had, this game had an electronic brain that was 28 separate discrete cards mounted in a huge rack. And I'm not even kidding. Pong used one of these cards, and this one had to use 28 separate cards in its box to make this first simulator game. And I, I don't, that just blows my mind. 28, 28, 28 giant discrete circuit cards. You know what I mean? Like 28, this dude took the time to design 28 boards to make this
1: game. It is. It is a pretty interesting feat.
0: And it was really, it was, it was a really simple game. You know, it had a twisting roadway that was defined by a series of, of white posts. The background was black. The lower portion of the screen had a speedometer, mileage, and there was an image of the hood of your car, hood of your car in front of you. And the funny part is is that hood of your car, that wasn't electronically generated. That was a s- sticker vinyl that they put on the screen. Period. It was a sticker vinyl that they put they put on the screen. So um but this game is very much unknown very much unknown in the United States. I mean, it, 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 and, and force have virtually no recognition, despite the fact that this is literally the granddaddy of first person racing games. You know what I mean? The reason, the reason, the reason there is a reason why people don't know this. And it's because most of the time people assume That the earliest first-person video racing game is an Atari title called Night Driver, and there's a very good reason for that. So the developer of of our our programmer or whatever of Night Driver, uh, Dave Shepard, designer, I guess you can you can say, was he was given an Atari, he got the assignment to program Night Driver in '76, and basically where it came from is he 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 has said. I was given a piece of paper with a picture of a game cabinet that had a small portion of the screen visible. I don't recall if it was an actual flyer for the game or simply a Xerox of the front page of the flyer. I recall it being German or maybe I was just told it was a German game. I never saw the game play, nor did I know what scoring was used on that game. Only that there were a few little white squares showing with that germ of an idea out popped night driver. (laughs) So basically someone took a flyer for numbering one Handed this guy. This is a time period where no one thought about copyright or or infringement or anything like that. And these guys are like, okay, well, I guess we're going to make a game like this now. And so they did. They made Night Driver. Hmm. Fascinating. So Night Driver came out in October of 1976. And it's, you know, one of the earliest first person racing video games along with Nurburgring and it's also commonly believed to be one of the first published games that displays real-time first-person graphic. One thing Atari was really good at was making things affordable and so they took the I mean they had one board. Nerbring 1 had 28 boards. And just as a side note, it Nurburying 1 would fall into, you know, the history books as being commonly unknown and there it, it did get three versions. There was a Nerbring 2 and a Nerbring 3 all of which offered slight, you know, Graphical and and these these uh you know other improvements, but it, it never really took to be totally honest with you. Night Driver, on the other hand, was a super popular game. It was the seventh highest earning arcade game of 1977. It was ported over to ported over to Atari. It was one of the top five Atari uh, titles. It was it was popular and it it remains one of the earliest racing games that most people. That a lot of people remember, and for good reason. I mean, it came out a few years after the first one, and and it's probably the first one a lot of people got their hands on. Absolutely. There are other games, racing games in the '70s that I want to talk about. You know, we'll we'll touch on a few as we cruise through the '70s. Uh, 1976. There there was a uh, a, a a game called Fons, which I gee I wonder where the Fons comes from, Rob,
1: or does. The game
0: come from the Fonz. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. I know. So originally this game was known as Motocross or Man TT. And the Fonz was basically a customized version of it that was that was, you know, uh, rebranded to take advantage of Fonzie from the 1970 show Happy Days. The slogan, the slogan on the flyer ad says TV's hottest name, your hottest game. (laughs) so nice uh so motocross are the Fonz is an early black and white motorbike racing game and it's what it's really noted for is introducing an early three-dimensional third-person perspective and so this is one of your early arcade games where you actually have the the handlebars in front of you and you stare and what else was really unique about this is it's one of the earliest games that have haptic feedback so when you collide with another vehicle the, the motorcycle handlebars vibrate And this is, again, goes to what I'm talking about, where the early games were pushing, you know, technology. We got a three dimension, third person perspective here and we get haptic feedback in this in in these early, early racing games. Right. Absolutely. Also in 76, we have Death Race and Death Race is known for being probably the first controversial video game. Death Race is basically... It was a modification of an earlier game called Destruction Derby uh, in 75. And S- Destruction Derby was a game where players crashed into what else but other cars to, uh, to crew points. And they modified the graphics in Death Race so they would have to run into gremlins. They would have to run into gremlins or to, to gain score. And so what became controversial about it, as you can imagine is that the content of the game was centered around killing humanoid figures. And so in 1976, all the newspapers and magazines basically began to attack the game for, for you know, it, it portrayed violence, right? We've talked about controversy in the past with Mortal Kombat, and I, I think I talked about Death Race really briefly in it. But here we are, you know, people were, people were, people were concerned about it most magazines ran newspaper you know articles on it it had negative coverage which honest to god as you can imagine i would personally think that all that did was make people more interested about it um i don't you know it it wasn't popular popular but it was popular cool cool art though it's got like death race and and like skeletons driving Uh, skeletons driving vehicles and it just says death race across the top of it and it's like a lay down like table type cabinet with a wheel on the left and a wheel on the right and you would look down at the screen and use the wheels to to run over gremlins so (laughs) that one's I don't ever remember playing death race to be honest with you I do remember the Fons, not the Fons, but the motor TT those were really early you know handlebar type games but I don't remember I don't remember death race at all I don't think they were really around by the time I got into arcades. Also in 77, we got a game called Superbug, which was uh, you would stare a, a yellow Volkswagen Beetle along a multi directionally scrolling track. It's unique because it gave us multi directionally scrolling tracks. Right? Yeah. Yeah. True. Sure. Yeah. And that would kind of take us into 1980, where we got Rally X. Rally X was a maze chase arcade game released by namco in 1980 and you're a formula one race car that would have to race through a series of, of multi-scrolling levels and collect the most flags scattered about and as you're collecting them there are other ra- like enemy rally cars that would try to wreck you and boulders that needed to be avoided and you could hit a button it would lay smoke screens down at at the uh at the cost of some fuel and you would get fuel when you hit the flags. I remember Rally X, if not from the arcades, but I'm pretty sure it was ported to everything. Yeah, it was even in PlayStation in the Namco Museum Volume One. So Rally X has been around. Rally X has been around a lot. Doesn't sound familiar to me either. No, you don't remember Rally X. I'm kind of hoping I shake some of these. I shake some of these. Uh, some of these loose for you that you may have stumbled across. Rally X technologically that's it was it was really known for some of its technological accomplishments it was one of the first games known to implement bonus stages and it 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 is if I'm not mistaken the first game that had continuously playing background music uh, which you know we it's so commonplace to us but here in 1980 it was kind of a new thing and I really I really like that. Uh, Rally X was in various arcades. It had stand up arcades. Rally X was on a tabletop like the cocktail table. I think we talked about how I used to always play Miss Pac-Man on a tabletop arcade. They made Rally X as one, too, Hmm. which which makes sense. They were both distributed by Midway. Yeah. And like I said, make a
1: little sense. Then
0: it was on the Commodore. It was it was it was ported to stuff. It was ported to stuff. And then we got it in all the Namco Museum collections uh, as as recently as Pac-Man's Pixel Bash in 2019. So there you go. Rally X is still being re-released in collections. I don't even know wow. what Pac- Pac-Man's pic- Pixel Bash is. Yeah, I've really, not heard of that either. I'm really interested in, in Pac-Man's Pixel Bash for some reason. Oh. Ooh. It had a sequel, New Rally X the next year which had several mechanics like a lucky flag and
1: and and
0: other stuff isn't the flag in super Smash brothers
1: the special flag oh man if it is i I honestly don't know I don't play with items very often it's the it's the it's the special flag it's it's
0: it's it's in there i'm 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 ninety five percent sure it's in there uh let me look. Yeah, Super Smash Brothers for the 3DS and Wii U and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate.
1: The special flag. Uh, yeah, just like I said, it's a trophy in the game. I just it's not one that I'm familiar with. We don't play with them a lot. Like I didn't do a lot with the story mode. And most of the time spent playing that game was always just competitive with friends. So we didn't really have items on. So you never really saw trophies. Hmm. So I like I said, I just, I've never seen it. Interesting. Rally X would
0: give way in 1982 to Pole Position. I think Pole Position, personally, is probably one of the most noted early racing games. For instance, uh, you know, Pole Position is... it. it, So, statistically, it was the most popular coin-op arcade game of 1983. I've already said it. I mean, it's one of the most important titles from the golden age of arcades, so I don't think Pole Position is much of a, a, a... much of a, a a thing for everyone i mean it was yeah it was the highest grossing arcade game in 83 it had ports and sequels it had its own saturday morning cartoon Which is kind of funny because the cartoon had nothing in common with the game
1: yeah i'm a little confused by that but uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh So what's interesting is I think most of the most of what we know about modern racing games came from came from pole position. I I, it's probably the honestly to me, it's it's probably one of the most important racing games ever made because so much of what we know about racing games and their standards came from this. So, you know, it it, they released as a standard upright cabinet, but they also released it as an environmental cockpit cabinet meaning it was one that had a seat like, you know, you would sit in it and you had your steering wheels and your gear shifters and your accelerator and your brake pedal. And so it's one of the earliest, you know, cockpit cabinet games. It definitely was the first racing game to feature a track based on a real racing circuit because you would race and qualify at the Fuji racetrack. So that's kind of interesting. And everything that we know about games, you know, this was a you you control a Formula One race car, complete a time trial app and then race. It you know, it had racing, you had to avoid computer controlled cars. There were billboards along the sides of the track. It was touted as a game that was an un- had unbelievable driving realism and providing a Formula One experience behind a racing wheel. You had full color landscapes with with sprites that scaled so as the signs were far away they were small. And, you know, the cars too, and, and they got bigger, normal sizes, they got closer. You know, it had a, a, a third person, rare, rare perspective view of the track and the cars. That's pretty common for racing games nowadays. Like, there's just so many things about the racing genre that started here with pole position. I do remember pole position. Pole position was, was everywhere.
1: Another one that I just, doesn't sound at all familiar to me.
0: Well, it's just early, you know, you, you, you came into it when, when racing was all about cool attitude and real and, and realism, realism, you know, what, Yeah, you're right. what use did you have for clunky pole position when you were like need for speed underground? Like it just, it's different, you know,
1: I don't also think you spent a lot of time in arcades. Honestly, no, the first arcade that I remember going to, um, I'll, aside from Dave and Buster's, was the one located in Ann Arbor. And that wasn't until after you had graduated from college that I got to go there and see it. (laughs) Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's what, 2010 at the earliest? Yeah. You know, so I'm here in the
0: arcades in the 90s when they were still kind of a thing, and you're on the tail end when they were largely a novelty, you know? Uh, absolutely. So there's a there's a re- there's a there's a reason why you don't know some of this. Also, we, I had these games like we had Pole Position. Pole Position was released for the Atari 2600, the 5200 it was released for the Atari computers It was released for the Commodore 64, the ZX Spectrum. It was released for absolutely everything Um, before they started to pour. I'm sure they I'm sure that they poured it here. Let me look. It was included as part of Microsoft Return of Arcade. So in the mid-90s, it came back to Windows PCs. Rally X uh, where it had Namco Museum Volume volume 1 we just talked about also included Pole Position because this is a Namco game. They made sequels. Crap. In 2008, there was a version of Pole Position released for iOS devices called Pole Position Remix. I was going to say go find it, but unfortunately it says the game's been since removed from the App Store.
1: Oh, of course it has.
0: (laughs) So. Damn you, Scuba Steve yeah no so yeah so it it got everywhere you know and and at the time it was again let's talk about technology here's a full color game with a a real looking formula one car because it is a real looking formula one car on a real on a real track and you're in a sit-down cabinet playing like this was again this is one of those games that just that just pushed technology and everyone remembers it and the numbers don't lie. You know, it was the most popular coin op game of 83, which was, you know, a year before I was born. That's OK. That's OK. Yeah, that's OK. Hey, in 1984, we got one of the, the first vehicular combat games called Battle Ooh. Road. Ooh. I mean, I don't I can't tell you much about Battle Road. It came out in 84. It was a two player game. You had cars that were armed with. Front guns or side guns, and you had you drove on a road full of other dangerous vehicles. Uh, had branching paths, so there were thirty-two possible routes through the game. But you basically just used your guns to shoot all these other, you know, cars or trucks and helicopters in front of you. But since you like um, twisted metal, I thought that I would talk about Battle Run. Nineteen eighty-six, we got outrun. I think Outrun Outrun is very cool. Outrun was an arcade driving racing game released by Sega, and it was another one. It's you know it's a 3D driving video game where you control a Ferrari Testarossa Spider mm-hmm. from the rare person perspective. And I really just want to talk about this because I remember I you know Outrun was a, a ton of fun. It was just a ton of fun. I remember going to the arcades and playing Outrun, and it's basically you know a more realistic racing game where you're racing through roads and avoiding other other cars and road curves and crests and dips and it's what we think of a traditional traditional racing game which is a whole lot of fun and it had a real like it had a deluxe cabinet pole positions cabinet looked like a uh, how do i describe it pole positions cabinet looked like a sit-down cabinet like you know you go to arcades now and they've got like the gun like jurassic park games that's basically like a room that you sit on. You sit on a bench and you 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 take pick up your gun and you shoot. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, so so that's what like pole position was like. But Outrun's deluxe cabinet was shaped like a car. Like, you know, it had wheels on it and it had seats on it, and you sat down in what looked like a car to play the game. And of course, games like that that look like that, they appeal to kids. Like I remember being so excited and seeing all the like actual sit-down cabinets. Uh uh god what well, afterburner there was a fighter plane one like top gun style called afterburner and even at one point if not mistaken they made afterburner cabinets that would move like they didn't swing you upside down but as you were moving the plane they would shake from left to right like it was an actual movable cabinet which was so cool god there was so much fun technology in in early arcades like Pole position here in '86. Outrun was one of the more pop, one of the most popular arcade games in the year it came out, which is '86. Which leads me to one of the earliest racing games I can remember playing, Rad Racer. We were talking briefly. You really don't know any of these, do you? You don't know Rad Racer? Nope doesn't doesn't ring a bell at all. God dog it. Rad Racer was. Rad Racer was awesome. I know Speed Racer. No. No, Okay. he's pretty rad. He's he's really rad. So Rad Racer, Rad Racer was a really cool racing game for starters. It was God, I don't even know where to start. I don't I don't even know where to start with Rad Racer.
1: I'd probably say the beginning.
0: Yeah, I I know. I know. I know. I know. I should probably start. Okay. so Rad Racer is a game racing game developed by Square in 1987.
1: Just square, like the, the, yep,
0: the just shape. Square. this is it's square, it's before they were square enix. Uh, so, in Japan, it was made by square, it was released by Nintendo in North America and Europe and Europe, but it was developed by square. And it, you know, it was developed by square, published by square in Japan, published by Nintendo United States, but it's got a pedigree for starters. The designer of this game was. Hiro Nobu Sakaguchi, who is now known for creating the Final Fantasy series. And the composer was Nobu Umatsu, who is known as being the composer of the Final Fantasy series. While they were doing that stuff, they were making this. They, they were making this what is pretty much the best racing game on the NES, to be honest with you. And you could also do 3D in this game. It had a, You could hit the select button and it would split. It would do 3D like the blue and red 3D. And it came with did it come with 3D glasses or maybe you could get 3D glasses, but you could do you could wear those cheap red and blue 3D glasses. And it basically had a, like a stereoscopic 3D mode way back on the NES, which is so cool. I'm not making up that Rad Racer was really popular. There's a famous uh, 1989 film called The Wizard that is, is known for culminating in a video game competition. Rad Racer was part of it. And um, in the Nintendo World Championships, which were pretty much known for back then, Rad Racer was one of the games that was always featured in the Nintendo World Championships. So this was one of like the games for the this is one of the games for the for the NES. And I and we had it and I played the heck out of it all the time. I played the heck out of it. I could never get to the end. Like you had stages in it. Like you'd have to start and you'd have a start and a goal in the stage. You'd have to get through the stage in time. And then you could then you could move on to the next stage. And I I couldn't get through like the second to last stage as a kid. I wonder if I could do it nowadays.
1: Probably not. You don't think so? No, you're not much better.
0: No, I'm not much better. I'm not much better at all. It was super popular, obviously, from what we talked about. It was commercially a success. I, I would argue it's probably one of the most. I mean, a it's it's the racing game for the NES era, but it's also just very influential from that from that time. Do you know what the other games they feature in the Nintendo World Championship were? Mm. What year was this? Ninety, nineteen
1: ninety.
0: Mm. I'm gonna say Mario. Yep, that's one of them. We talked about the second one last week, actually.
1: Oh. It was in the game canon. Um, was it Ultimate Soccer 17? <laughs> no, it was
0: the puzzle game.
1: Professor Layton? Yeah, that's the puzzle game that we talked about last week. Man. You Tetris.
0: The, uh, yeah, you have the greatest memory ever. Hey, man. You, you know, mean, as a fun side note, that the game cartridges they used in the world championships are now the rarest and most valuable Nintendo games available. Wait, what? So they had they made special cartridges that had these just special levels for the championships, right? Mm -hmm. And those those cartridges, they only made enough for the tournaments. And after the tournaments, they were given away, sold stuff like that. And all these tournament cartridges represent the rarest Nintendo games and therefore the most valuable ones.
1: Wow. I guess it would have been pretty lucky to be a contestant there and to get one of them. So I'm sure that most of them would hold on to it for sentimental value and not let it go just for some money. But who knows? You never know. I think it's funny that they're
0: working on. They were working. They were working on Rad Racer while they were planning and working on Final Fantasy at the same time. Ah. And of course, and of course, Rad Racer would you know they made a sequel, but it stopped there. And Final Fantasy has gone on to become one of the most iconic video game franchises of of all time. It's kind of cool. Interesting. It is interesting. And Rad Racer came a little bit before before Final Fantasy. They're both 1987. And Red Racer was one of two games. They were trying to do that stereoscopic 3D thing. The other, the other game that they made that was like it was called 3D World Runner. And of course, you know, all those guys would go on to do all the Final Fantasies and Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, um, Parasite Eve. God, I mean, they would just go on to do excuse me, go on to do absolutely everything. That they would Dave. And then, you know, we're around to the end of the 80s. There's a few other games I want to talk about. There's a 1989 driving game called Hard Driving, which you would drive a sports car that, uh, you know, that had stunt. You would do stunts and speed. So you could go over, like, bumps and fly. Uh, if I remember correctly, it also had uh, stunt loops. I remember loop-de-loops and other road hazards. Um it was the one of the first games to f- feature 3d polygon driving environments, and its cabinet had a force feedback steering wheel. So I remember this cabinet. I remember hard driving. Pretty sure I had hard driving. I may not have had it, but somebody had it on the Genesis and we would play the heck out of it because we could never get through all the like the loops and stuff. and it was hilarious to, to um, it was it was it was just hilarious. So it had an instant replay after you crashed so you know there was a 10 second animation that would show the wide arrow view of your moment so you could watch yourself like get to the top of the loop and then fall straight down if you didn't have enough speed or stuff like that which you know games didn't have instant replays before that so it was, it was freaking it was hilarious it was hilarious and that's going to take me i think I was only one other game i want to talk about in the 80s and 90s or, or 70s and 80s for racing games and that's a really early PC game called Indy 500, the simulation. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a full simulation of an Indy 500 race. It's a first person racer. It had a replay mode. And so really, I just want to finally talk about the fact that I would sit there. Dad Dad sometimes would sit there and we would literally just make it our goal to crash as many cars in one accident and one wreck as possible. And it was hilarious.
1: I think that's pretty pretty normal thing. <laughs>
0: I know, but you got to think this was this was like thirty three race cars, and it felt like an Indy car, and there are there weren't other cars that had thirty three race cars. So I remember being so blown that here's an actual an actual like Indy race, right? And I have thirty two other cars that I can wreck on it. It's not like the other ones where you're just racing along. You know, a road or something like that. So it was it was it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun. Oh, my God. Did we it's hard to believe now with how many games we have out there and everything that we would waste so many hours on something as simple as crashing cars at eighty five hundred. But we crash cars and games nowadays, don't we? Oh, 100 percent. We do. Yeah, I guess that habit never, never really went away. Except now we have racing games that you can actually crash cars in, like Wreckfest, for instance.
1: Yeah, and Burnout. And Burnout. Good old Burnout.
0: Man, the '90s were great for racing games. If we start to get into that era with like Destruction Derby and stuff like that, but I'm just gonna keep it to the uh, I'm gonna keep it to the '70s and '80s, and those were kind of all the all the games I want to talk about. And I'm really bummed out that you don't even know Rad Racer. It was such a freaking cool NES game, and you know so many NES games, but you don't know Rad Racer. Yeah, just doesn't ring any bells to me. I know. wonder, I wonder, did they put Rad Racer on the Nintendo thing? But I don't think they did. So I the, the never Switch. Looked, but I couldn't tell you. It'd be pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. I think that's gonna do it for my early uh for my early racing games for today okay yeah I think that's gonna do it you know I um I had I had a gaming question of the week but I think I want to save it for another I think I want to save it for another day so I'm gonna ask you a question okay Are are there any video games that you're looking forward to that you're looking forward to period anything coming up that you're looking forward to
1: um, I did actually just pre-order Elite Dangerous Odyssey, so uh, I am looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, obviously, there's new Halo coming out. Always excited for a new Halo to give it a try. Uh, five wasn't my favorite, but I'm looking to see if this next one will be the rekindling of my love for the series. Yeah, beyond that, those are those are the two that really really jump out right now. And you know, I don't I don't really follow the news very closely as far as new video games, so. Uh, I just happen to be. Um... Oh, actually, arc two.
0: Yeah, that's, arc two. You that see, I... speak still speaking of these games. Do you see that we're getting an E3 this year? I did not. Yep. So they they announced that we're getting it's going to be in June. We're getting an E3 this year, but it's going to be a virtual like online E3 for like three days. I think it's the 12th through the 15th of June. And so far, I. Mm-hmm think nintendo and microsoft have signed up i'm pretty sure everyone will sign up at some point but it's a new thing
1: as of today very interesting
0: well i think that's gonna about do it i didn't have you know i just wanted to do a brief a brief history of early racing games like i said it came up because i was looking at pong cabinets and right after pong came came uh, space race and that just got me down the rabbit hole I like looking at this early stuff because we don't ever really get a chance to talk about it. It's before most of our time and it's just kind of it's kind of new stuff. It's fascinating to me to see how far we've come. So I hope I hope that was fascinating for all of you guys. And if you stayed with me this long, thank you. Rob, is there anything that you want to add to the episode before I plug us and get us out of here for the day?
1: Um, you know, as always, just want to say thank you to everyone for listening. Is that a little early for that? No, that's good. Okay. Just want to say, as always, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, this episode might not have been the most entertaining to listen to. You know, uh, it's video game <laughs> history at its finest. Talking about <laughs> racing games, you'd think we'd talk a lot more exciting things. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just, you got to get out with the uh, the crap and uh, get to the good stuff again. So uh, thank you for listening. We're going to be here. We're going to keep doing this, doing the bad, doing the good. Just talking about video games and how they make us feel.
0: Hey, I so. think it's important for there to be a record of even the games that people don't talk about much. That's my thing. Hey. Oh, oral well, hey. history.
1: That's what you're here for, Dave. That's you're what to teach I'm here the for. The history of things that we've forgotten. And you know, if you want to tell us more about how you felt about this, there's a few places that you can do that. Yeah. Dave, why don't you tell them about those places?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you want to check out some of our other episodes or give us some input, you can do so on our website at www.memorycardlane.com. We've got our show notes. We've got a way to get in touch with us by email. You can join our Discord and tell me how much I suck directly. Not really. Let's have a good conversation. I have a lot of really great video game conversations. There's also a, a place if you'd like to support our Fledgling podcast. Where you can donate to our Patreon. We have one tier, $2 a month. All the money goes back to our to our podcast. And that's that's all I really feel like plugging today. Quick, sweet, straight to the point. Yeah?
1: I am good with it,
0: Dave. I know, right? I know. I told you this is gonna be a little bit different of an episode.
1: Told you this is gonna be a little
0: different of an episode. This is more of a continuation of last week's discussion than an episode of itself. So next week we're gonna be getting back to normal you know, I'm really excited to do next week. I, I still remember when and where next week's episode came from. Uh, I was in college. It was 2003. And, you know, some, some guys that are my best friends in the whole wide world right now came to tell me about a game, you know, that they had in their room. And basically I got my first introduction to what I like to call bullet hell, which is basically a shoot 'em up when you have bullets coming everywhere and this was a unique one because it had had polarity there were black bullets and there were white bullets and you could switch your ship between them so like you can you can absorb black bullets when you're black and you can absorb white will- bullets when you're white and it just added a whole new element to shoot 'em up you know your normal ship vertical scrolling shoot 'em ups and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a 2003 GameCube title called Ikaruga, and we're going to be talking about it next week. We're going to be looking at this unique shoot 'em up, really cool, really unique. If you've never played it, it's on the uh, Steam network right now for I think $10, so you could play it and join the conversation. Let us know what you think of it. But I'm really excited to 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 talk about bullets, lots and lots of bullets everywhere. And it was made by treasure. So we're going to look at this little gem. We're going to have a little bit of fun with the treasure and and shoot them up. So join us again next week as we take a polarity charged I don't even know if that's the thing, but that's what we're going to go with. Polarity charged trip down memory card lane.
1: Do-wop-do-wop do do Good lord. I was revving an engine and then the release. <laughs> wop, wop, da, 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 da. OK.